three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Well, thanks for having me, Asher. You meant so low. Oh, I did. Wow. Voice. It's our voice, our podcast voice that we're having. It's funny. I've been trying not to do that on purpose, but maybe maybe I should start over or or maybe I should just cut the the intro altogether. But I'm trying to use my regular voice. But if it if it goes too low, let me know. I will. It's like. Um, okay, maybe it's the video lag, but I saw you like pause for a minute and I was like, I couldn't tell if you paused or if you froze or what, what happened there. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> oh, no, that's what it is. You just stand still, like almost like, like you're playing, like if I don't move, he can't see me. And I'm like, wait, is he is he moving? What What's going on? Okay, no, your, your eyes are moving, so you're moving. Gotcha. Cool. Exactly. But uh, catch me oh, up. Yeah, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome to the podcast, Stephen. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm pretty swell for a bear. I guess not for a <laughs> not a care bear. For people that don't know you, um, who do you say you are? I am Stephen Hollowell, the missing piece. And people say, what is the missing piece? I really believe that that's who I am now. Uh, I got that brand name from one of my business coaches and uh, he's since passed. And when he named me, he's like, what do you do? I was like, I do events. He's like, and I was uh, precision events and logistics. He's like, what is that? Is that like gears? Are you guys doing cars? Or he's like, he's like, no, it's like, no one knows what that is. I said, well, I don't know what I am. He's like, you're like the missing piece. When you show up, you just get into places and tell people what to do. And you tell them kind of not in a weird way. And people like it and they listen to it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you could come in the room and they could be painting a room, room blue. And you're like, this blue is all wrong. It's all wrong. And people are like, oh, my gosh. Steven said it's all wrong. Let's just stop. Let's paint another guy. I was like, yeah, I don't believe that. I mean, no one really does that. That's crazy. But then in my 41-year-old life, um, people do not want to hear what I have to say. And they definitely hear what I have to say because I'm the missing piece. So uh, they don't know. And I always say, you don't know you need me until you've already met me. Like He is the missing piece. So uh, that's who I am in real life. I go in all kinds of spaces, my real work, my trucking company. Um Vacations with friends. I'm the missing piece. I don't know how they would do it without me. <laughs> I don't know where, where I'm, your I'm still here. Asher, I'm you. still here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just mute out from time to time because I, I know um, any little sound that I make, it just jumps back and forth. Like I, I try to mess with the uh, the camera angle a little bit. You had a good natural laugh there. And I was like, Oh my gosh, the people can't hear you laughing. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, maybe that one fit in. But um, yeah, so I add laughs throughout. Even if I'm not funny. (laughs) Okay, don't don't scratch. Um, Like you're saying, I 
I definitely agree with you being the missing piece. It's like, um, just like the trip we took recently, it was nice to have that other personality there whenever everyone's kind of like, ah, I don't care. It's like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And if you want to go, go. If, if you don't, just I'm here to enjoy. It's, it's nice to have that, um, have that voice and have that presence uh, displayed or brought to life. So it's really interesting. I was talking to a friend that I knew that you guys didn't know till the trip. And I've been that way since I was in like forever, but certainly since I've known my friend since the 20s, so I was always in my 20s. But what I'm realizing, more people are less like I am now than there was before. Because we have this society that is like, go along to get along, whatever you want to do, I'll do. And then I try to play that for about five minutes. It's so uncomfortable. And I'm just like, this is horrible. And then people just sit around and they don't do. And then magically, if I say I'm going to do it, then all of a sudden people are like dressed. They're ready to go. It's, it's crazy. But <laughs> I battle with trying to be like people to get along or not be the bad guy. But it don't work for me. It don't, it don't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, I don't even like myself in those moments. Yeah, it's funny because when I when I think about it, it's like the more you at least in my experience, the more you try to like go along to get along, it's you almost become the exact opposite of what you're trying to be. Like the better if you just do what you want, whoever's gonna go with you or come along is is going to do that and enjoy it. And whoever isn't isn't, and they can't necessarily put it on you to say, oh, like I was waiting on you to X, 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 X. And it's like, uh, no, no, not a, you can't have expect, you can't um, make up expectations for other people if you clearly state what it is that you're going to do. So then people can't hold you to uh, like a makeshift or like arbitrary, what's the word, consequences for things where it's like, this is clearly what you said you were going to do or what you weren't going to do. Yeah, it's uh it's it's mind-blowing i'm always surprised that people want to do something but they cannot seem to they overanalyze like they just put 500 billion facts and i'm like well if we do this all day i guess we're not going to get going like i gotta yelp it and then after i yelp it i gotta re gotta think about it and then once i yelp it and think about it i gotta figure out what i'm gonna wear and then i'm gonna wear and then i'm not and i'm like oh the place is closed close because you were doing silliness you <laughs> literally close but t tell me a little bit more about your background have have you always been um i know you said you you used to be the person that kind of like would go along to get along and like when did it switch for you to where you're like I'm now, gonna i don't do know things if i've ever been the, i don't know if i've ever been the person to go along to get along i think that i've tried to assimilate to how mainstream society is has this idea of go along to get along but i'm finding more and more that that is not who i am ultimately what i believe will come around uh, it just may not be seen mm. i.e saying some pretty crazy things during covid and what it was and what it was not and people are like oh my gosh no it's not going to become that and then definitely did become what i said it was going to become i said well, we're going to be fine i said a lot of things and i just need to be stronger in what i believe because it 
it's usually the opposite of what mainstream believes. And all of the greats, and I don't know if I'll be a great, but all of the greats are, they're not thinking mainstream. If, if I'm thinking like a sheep, it's probably not going to happen. The sheeps are never right. It's not like, oh my gosh, there's 400 sheep and they all believe the same thing. And the one wolf, he was so crazy and he was wrong. The sheep are always wrong. Yeah. It's, it's funny hearing that the terminology and not trying to like um, group it in a sense or like tune out because I, I think that's what's happened over like the last two to six years, maybe where it's um, the things that are legitimate and true gets drowned out with just like name calling or like things that are like uh, popular, so to speak. It's, it's like you, you start to miss the nuance and like not even conversation, but just how you should act like yourself. And that that's sort of how we met just getting around people that are like-minded, but people that really want to just live life on their terms and not just go along to get along. Just be like, Hey guys, I'm just here. Happy to please hope everybody's just, (laughs) it's just good with this. Like, okay. Like, is this work for you today? It's like, no, like <laughs> just be who you are and you make your way in the world the best you can. You try not to worry about like, okay, did I do enough to like for them to like it? Or like, no, it's just you live your life and those that are looking for answers from you, maybe they'll find it. Or those that are always kind of like waiting around the corner be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let, let's follow this person now. Or okay, no, 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 let's follow that person. And it's like, no, why don't you just follow yourself into doing what you need to do or what you want to do? You're quite more enjoyable. Like, even if you don't totally love what Stephen Hollowell has to say, like it's because Stephen, he's he's always talking. You may find it funny. Like, I don't believe nothing this fool has to say, (laughs) but he is hilarious. Um, You know, if I can't get anything, I'm going to get humor. Uh, so sometimes I'll catch people watching. I'll be saying some madness and they just will be looking in awe. Like, what's he going to say next? And I'm just like, are you looking at me? Because I don't know why you're making me in my mind. I'm like, you're making me uncomfortable with staring at me, but I'm going to push through because I'm getting used to it. You're finding something at least amusing. Yeah. And sometimes you just went over with humor. They don't believe what you say. They don't do what you want to do. And then you make them laugh and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, that's funny. And when I was a kid, I was a police explorer. Mm. I'm a police officer now, full time. An explore program is like a program that you kind of help the police or you learn and you kind of figure out what you want to do, 14 to 18. And I remember in one of our leadership trainings that we had as an explorer, everybody was, this guy was like, everybody loves a funny leader. People will do things for people that are funny, that are in leadership. Um, so I try to be a mixture of both. I don't know how good I am, but I'm very stern in my leadership style, but I crack jokes and I'm very cynical in the same time, which can be completely hilarious. So I try to take that little thing I learned at, I think about 15 or 16 and run with it, like sprint, not jog. But I was like, I'm gonna be a funny leader. <laughs> so. I'm hoping it continues to translate. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for you um, taking the, the funny route, was it 
Was this something you ever felt like you were forcing or was it? Oh, I'm, not homie the, I'm not homie the clown funny like, ha, 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 look, laugh at me. I just make things funny. Like I could just see a person. I'd be like, look at this lady. You see what she's doing? She's carrying those boxes on her head. She's trying to figure out where she's going to go. She's got her map out. She's never going to make it. Look, the boat's going to leave her because she's she's mean and buffoon. And then people are like, that's not nice. And I'm like, it's not nice. But is it true? And is it funny? Like, look at her. She clearly looks funny. Like, don't lie. You can't just lie and be like, oh, I feel so bad. Like, people are not as empathetic or sympathetic or kind as mm-hmm. they try to make themselves. They're actually complete a-holes. Yeah. Trying to be super kind. And I'm like, and they're like, you because I always get you're so mean. I'm like, if I'm so mean, why do I make so many friends along the way? Like black, white, Hispanic, you know, Belgian. I just make friends and I'm not the nicest. I'll be like, hey, you don't stop this car right here. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is where we get the lunches. <laughs> I'm like, well, well, since we're getting the lunches, I guess we should stop here. But I just thought we were stopping in the middle of nowhere. And I bring up these stories because you're present. So I think it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Like that guy stopped the car to get the this guy stops the car, everybody, too get some lunches because we're about to go on a zip lining and ATV tour. And uh, we have no idea he's going to stop there. So where most people would like, maybe don't want to be rude or freak out because we're in a different country and he just stops at some random place. I'm like, Hey bro, you just going to stop right here like that. He's like, Oh no, we're going to get the lunches. I'm like, oh, okay. Since we get the lunches, that's cool. But I thought we was somewhere <laughs> about to go down. I don't care, but I'll just let you know Tourism. that I know. You got yeah. tourists lost abroad. It's like, oh, we had some uh, Americans just kind of disappear on our watch. So, yeah, well, you know, and I'm not going to be afraid of that either. People are like, aren't you, aren't you afraid they're going to steal you? What are they going to get? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to get millions of dollars that I don't have. I, I don't, in order to steal someone, you they need to have something that you want. And, yeah. yo, $10,000 in your bank account or $40,000, I don't think is enough. And I don't know how they're going to get it. <laughs> All right. Like, have to have some uh, it's not like we can run over to the belize bank and i just pull out forty thousand. and there's no one you can call to put me up for ransom no answer <laughs> i just keep but. thinking of the the Chappelle's, um i think is one of his jokes from way back when and, and i think it was maybe late 2000s or early 2000s somewhere around there and he was like terrorists don't take black hostages <laughs> so he's like yeah we we don't have to worry about that I don't know. Yeah, it's like stealing bad kids. It's like, no one's stealing your kid. He bad. (laughs) (laughs) That Cat Williams is like, oh, no, Mr. Jackson, you're not taking me. (laughs) (laughs) My mom said, don't talk to strangers. It's like (laughs) they yelling and they're not acting calm. They won't get far. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, I mean, for for you um, or I know that you're you're in California now. Did you grow up there? I grew up in this godforsaken state. My God, if you ever want to see a state of the union, a state that is in the union of the United States of America, um, make the most horrible, pitiful decisions, come to California. You will see your money just go straight into the trash can. I should just start throwing dollar bills in the trash can every day. I would feel better because at least I would be throwing them in the trash. But uh, yeah, I say it's a place to visit. 
but I grew up here. It was not always like this. It used to be a place of like, um, so a lot of Southerners and people from the Midwest came to Los Angeles for better, better life. It's one of the newer um, cities and there was the aerospace industry. There was, you know, government work and uh, advertisement and a little bit of uh, banking and people moved here and they were able to achieve the American dream. Now, what, it is known for is Hollywood, but a lot of people did not come to Los Angeles to be Hollywood. Over the last 20 years, people have really come to do their best life. Like, I don't know, making rice cakes on TV and blogging about it and saying they could do it because they're in California. But in essence, you can do whatever you want. You can do some rice cakes, but I think LA gives people this. It doesn't give it to me because I'm from here. Uh, a certain amount of inspiration that they may not have been able to get in their hometown of, I don't know, Albany, Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I could go to Albany, Georgia right now, and I could probably find the best things of Albany and I'd be perfectly fine. Um, I probably miss, you know, some good parties or some, I don't know, some, you know, great cuisine, but I wouldn't miss the rude people. I wouldn't miss the, the, um, pretentiousness i wouldn't miss the pretending to be something that you're not because i can see you i'm from here i'm a native i'm like she needs to knock it off she doesn't even have any money (laughs) i guess that that's why i asked about california because it's like it it seemed like it's kind of synonymous with especially if being around the la area I've never been. I think the closest I've been to LA is like maybe San Francisco, but from the outside looking in, you, you kind of get <laughs> what's that? Another horrible place. <laughs> but it's like from the outside. I mean, who, who, what is one? We have uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> it's like from the outside looking in, it, it's California is always presented as a whole as like this. Um, like live your best life everywhere else kind of sucks or like we know everything was just so progressive and things like that and like being in Georgia spending more time now in South Georgia and kind of like traveling around to the small towns and things you see like I guess there's there's a little bit less of that the pretending and it's nice to see people that are like genuine about what they say. It's not always serious, especially when you work with people that are in the trades. Like they they say what they mean and and they try to be funny about it and not be mean spirited. Even if somebody wanted to like joke on you, it's like they would say it without this repercussion of being like, oh, your your reputation has got to live and die by this. But of course, like you you present your reputation in a way to where it you you want to attract people so you don't just go around like alienating people or surrounding yourself with people that are like fake. This is is the thing. You are who you are. And maybe, maybe people don't have the foundation. Uh, I will give my, I will give whoever in California credit for the foundation of having enough confidence and, and seen enough where not a lot amuses you in a fashion. Like mm-hmm. a palm tree doesn't amuse me. A movie set doesn't amuse me. Um, seeing a movie star, seeing a five, Fortune 500 um, person walking down the street who owns multiple real estate places. I admire, I respect, but I'm not amused. So when I go to the small cities in America and across America, I could totally be myself. I could totally have a conversation with whoever's there 
mm-hmm. uh, whatever level that they're at, and I can have a good time because I feel like I'm who I'm supposed to be. And I think the, that's the dichotomy that gets a little stricken. It's like, or, or, or set back or held back or suppressed. It's like, I'm from this small town in America. I can never, or I have, in order to compete with those folks who live in these big towns, I have to act like this. Where if you really came to LA and you got your LA ways and you, for lack of a better term, were country as hell. People would love you. They were like, that fool, he, he just be talking and he don't. And then, then. <laughs> we love it. What we don't love is when people change. Yeah. And when it's not changed, like, oh, you change, you're making more money, you're doing this, or they change their persona. I just right. blocked somebody on Facebook. They told me they were going to move here and they moved here and now they're so busy and they're so this. And I'm like, bro, I've been living my life here most of my life. No one's ever that busy. Yeah. First of all, this is not a place, it's not New York. It's not DC. It's it's not even Atlanta. Like people just really aren't that busy. They're pretending to be busy. They're like, yeah. oh, I have to go here. I have to go there. <laughs> All right. Do you have a car? Because if you have a car, you can make it there and somewhere now. Stop. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It just it fires fires me and my sister up. We just watch them go. Just get your uh uh was it the color purple or something where Mr. is like trying to cook and she just sits back and she's just like. Look at him go. He's going to, and that's horrible. And all the food gets thrown out. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I guess when you say that for me, maybe it's a little convicting to where it's, I have found myself in those positions where like on a weekend like this, if I'm being myself, I'm okay. Like not doing anything. But sometimes it's like, if somebody asks me like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, "Uh, okay, let me, like, let me just randomly make up three things. It's like, oh, I'm going to go do this, this, and this. And it's like, no, I'm not. As soon as I get off the phone, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing because that, like, I worked the whole week to just not do anything on the weekend. And I'm cool with that. Like, be a homebody, or maybe I'll go to the water park, or maybe I'll go, like, check out what's going on in the swamp. But I'm like, eh, I'm not, not really prepared for that. Don't want any run ins with gators or snakes or, Still trying to figure out what's going on with my hand, but that that's for another time. Yeah. I'm about to take a trip. And the trip was like I rented a space and I was like, is there any parking? And they were like, Well, well uh there's no parking, but lead back the hustle and the bustle of driving because it is uh, not for the faint heart or something. I'm like, don't try to sell me on taking a Uber <laughs> attack. I've been to this place in Mexico before. I like to drive. I love the cobblestone roads. I love the freedom. I love to stop at Walmart and get my little snacks. And so now I got to wait for a guy and then I got to tell him I'll be right back. And then my bags are in the car and I got to worry that he's going to take off. This is too much. Let's give me a rental car. Like this is freedom to me. That is freedom. But that is who I am. So I don't try to pretend I don't want a chauffeur in L.A. Like, he don't know where to go. I know where to go. I don't want to be like, hey, you got to turn over here, go over there, slow down, speed up. I know how to get around. So what I want a chauffeur for? And people are like, you don't want a chauffeur? I'm like, first of all, Uber and a taxi is not a chauffeur. That's not a chauffeur. Chauffeur is someone who's super professional. They know where to go, what to do. 
They know what, you know, we would have to work up to it's like, you know, where I like to be dri- dropped off. I know where I like to park the car. I don't valet because that's a whole nother waiting. People are running. They don't have your ticket. It's just I like smooth and all of that extra. It's not smooth. I stopped valeting about 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I carry guns, so it's kind of hard to valet and then your gun and then I'm wearing skinny jeans, so I can't take my gun with me. And so then I'm like, OK, well, you know, I can't risk the valet guy taking off with my guns in the car. So yeah. I just stopped it all together and I feel at peace while people are still at valet. I'm in my house waiting. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, you know, ballet took so long. I'm like, yeah, about that. Yeah, find up these spots. I don't know. It's I I think people get freedom mm-hmm. sometimes, or they hear these free thoughts and they're like, I'm gonna do that. Steve is so right, but they don't do it. They're like, oh yeah, valet again. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, I I think I've I've maybe valeted once or twice, like somewhere in Atlanta where like they have an event and like it's tight parking, so they have to valet to park your car. And I was like, oh, that was interesting, like doing it right out of getting call getting out of college. So it was like it was a for me, it was just like an experience of like, huh, never done that before, but that that's interesting. Like well, I mean, I hear so many bad ballet stories. Like I left this in there and it got stolen. I'm just like why do we do these things? It's right. supposed to be luxury, but it seems like it's not. Seems like it's chaos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there are the, the simple rules, especially you live somewhere like around Atlanta and, and, you know, if you don't want something to go missing, don't have it in plain view and just like, I, don't, I guess people forget they forget and then they're like i didn't realize i had that in there and then they go mm. look at them and they're going back and cussing the person out they ballet couldn't even admit if they stole it if they wanted to because then you'd be upset and then you want you know true, <laughs> the true, police true. to come and then the police would get there and be like well, you're dumb you shouldn't even left that in your car and right. it's not because police <laughs> are bad people it's just police see so much silliness they're like Oh my God, I can't believe I'm here for this. Like, and then people yeah. are like, Isn't this what you do? No, I do not go looking for missing iPods. Or is that what it's called? Not iPods, the little um the little Apple machine back in the day. What's that one? Uh I, I mean, it might be a- yeah, they, they had iPods mainly for music. Yeah, iPods. Well, people will leave like their favorite. Right. iPod that they listen to in the car has all their music on there and then it gets stolen and they have a conniption because it's been like 10 years of saving. Believe it or not, I've heard this story some one, one or twice in my day. Right. And I'm like, further lets me know I shall never ballet park. And that's, right. I don't care. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's funny before we got on, I between today and yesterday, just on downtime, just jumping online and, and, uh, watching movies there or not movies, but little clips that people put together compilations. And of course they have the, um, like the Karen saga or people just calling the police for random things. And it's like, Oh, I don't feel safe or this and that and the other. And I watched a couple of them. And then maybe by the time I got to the third video, I was like, I either feel like I'm losing brain cells at this point, or I feel like the person recording is just as bad as the person being recorded. And I was like, the whole thing is, (laughs) the whole thing is a show. Yeah. It's a show. And 
We never really get mad at the Karens. We get mad at the people who respond to the Karens. It's like, I can't believe they did that for her. Well, let's, since we're all into public shaming and stuff, let's get on the Karens and stop the drama. But who am I? I just have to go and be super objective and just try to read the read the facts as I see them. I guess for for you being being an officer, is it have you seen a lot of funny stories lately, or what what's that been like? What what's kind of you're like talking, the highlight of your day? You're talking to Stephen Hollowell, they're all funny. <laughs> they're all funny unless they're like super sad, and I just haven't mm-hmm. seen any super sad things lately because people are just like a ten. They're ten on a, they're ten on everything. I came and I came back and my car was gone. And so it must be stolen. It's like, ma'am, they don't steal or sir. They don't steal brand new 2022 Mercedes E-Class. It's not stolen. Like, so let's, let's think for a second. I mean, it's not impossible to be stolen, but right. it's very difficult to steal cars. They're changing their codes and doing all this stuff. You might have just lost your car. <laughs> So I don't know. I think all of it's funny. So I think that's what happens when you get like 20 years on the job. You just, in order for, if you have self-preservation, things have to have some comedic value because mm-hmm. I'm gone on the days where I'm just like, oh my God, I've never like, I've worked South Central Los Angeles. I've worked, I've worked North Carolina. I've worked where I work now. Like this, it's very hard to surprise me. And that's how you actually stay calm, to tell you the truth. You're, for the big things that one would take very seriously, like a jumper or someone who's, you know, suicide, you stay calm because this is this is your your baseline. You know, you've seen enough where you, you don't freak out because sometimes people want you to freak out with them. I'm like, well, what's the point of calling me if you think I'm supposed to be like on the ground with you? I can't I can't do it. Right. And in so, those moments, that very brief. Yeah, you like you see somebody like freaking out, and you're like, mm, "I hope someone comes to help her because she is just just too wild." Yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, I, I guess sometimes when I think about it, with with people calling out when they're in that that state of panic, it, it's like you're reaching out for a lifeline, and you're hoping someone just comes, gives you the attention that you're seeking in the moment, and just like, hey, like because it, it's like the more someone tries to be rational in a situation where the other person is just like irate, irrational, mad, like you you don't know what could be upsetting them or just making them like fly off the handle. They they almost take it as like, you're not taking this as serious as I am. It's like, you should do do this and like put them in a timeout, like give them the business. And it's like, well, like as an adult, you don't really do that. Nobody wants the police to do anything, but they want them to do everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, n- if it happens to them now, they want the person arrested. I want them this and I want them to pay. But if they see it on TV happening to another person, then they're like, that wasn't that bad. I don't know why the police did all that. I don't even know why she called. I don't judge. It's like, if you call, I don't judge in this aspect. Like, if you call for something silly, I'm just like, oh, you know, but I don't judge if the police should do a b or c or the person should or should not have called because it's not my experience and a lot of people want to have like this rubric for your body mm-hmm. and we call it um i think uh 
not for me, but for thee. Mm-hmm. So for you, that can happen. But for thee, when it happens to me, I want all the king's horsemen and all the king's men there. And so um, we just we just watch. But yeah, I think you were asking me who I was as like a person, like who like so the the skinny of it is, and I think we're more towards the later half than the the beginning half is born and raised in Los Angeles as a kid growing up, learned to catch the bus and kind of do into things very independently because I had um, baby boomer parents. So I stayed at home by myself, latchkey kid, had no complaints about it. Um, You know, every now and again, you want your parents to come to things, but I don't know if I was really doing that many things that my parents needed to come to like performances because I'm not artistic. So I kind of grew up super independent and that's kind of who, how I became how I am. Then I went to the Air Force, which taught me more independence. And now I have structure with the independence. And before that, I was a police explorer, which is like a cadet. And then so I, so this has been my life. And then I uh, kind of just became a police officer. And then I um, kind of got into business a little bit. So I have a trucking company. And so these are just progressive moves to who Stephen Hollowell, the missing piece, is. But it all started with you know, just being as independent as possible, which can be a fault to sometimes, but it's better to be super independent to me than to be super needy and need someone to support because then you can never move. You never pull the trigger. Yeah. And I, and you know, and I know I don't have a problem pulling the trigger. <laughs> I will leave you behind to be here by yourself. <laughs> right. Maybe we might not want to clip that in the, in the wrong sense. No, I mean, when I it think, comes to decision making, but sometimes decision making. Okay, even let's right. Let, well, well, yeah. Let, let me it, not try to rephrase what you're saying. Let me let you say yeah, what you're saying because maybe get this may get edited out or whatever. But even let's say in two aspects. You mm-hmm. need to be able to make this decision to do whatever you're going to do because you sit there, you just, you know, it, uh, like alligator, alligator in a swamp, right? You need to figure out where you're going to go and what you're going to do. If you sit there and, and that's called pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. And it, but if you sit there and wait till whatever, maybe you might get bit or maybe, you know, you, 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 you get taken in the swamp and flipped around a couple of times because you failed to pull the trigger. But even in the aspect of police work, when it is time and it is a deadly force issue, there needs to be a few set of articulable facts in your head that you now have the window of opportunity because the window opens and closes of that this is a deadly force situation and it is lawful. And the longer you wait and all of the decision making, you can make a unlawful choice. So pulling the trigger is an it's important in the scheme all the way around, even in a deadly force situation or your life. And so I think people think that folks are trigger happy. No, you only have a certain amount of time before the threat is the threat or is no longer the threat. So you pull that trigger outside of so you take too long to pull the trigger. Now you're that person's with kids or they're away or your background is not good or your foreground's not good. And so people get caught up yeah. on word choice, but the words are still the words. True. Like just because you don't hear them, that doesn't mean that in the background when the police are going through uh either litigation or use of force investigation or God forbid a trial, trigger time is still the trigger time. It's it doesn't change. 
And so people get people get caught up into, oh, he's trigger happy because he's ready to pull the trigger. No, I have played these things out in my head enough times as a police officer where I hope that I make the right decision in the time of them that is allotted to me based on a suspect or a subject's action. I don't have all day. Mm-hmm. And that can be the key of making a good business decision or a bad business decision. You're just sitting around taking all the articulable facts and the deal has come and gone. So pulling the trigger, I hope, makes more sense in that context. Yeah. And I, I guess it, it's funny because like I was mentioning, being online and, and watching um, um, different clips and compilations of things or their their talk shows and things. And I... Of course, I find myself doing it now, but um, I think I'm, I'm getting better with just being wrong. Like we said, pull the trigger, say say what it is that you mean to say, and just go with it versus sitting back and trying to play like um, backseat driver or quarterback. Well, what I would have done. And it's like, yeah, it's easy to talk about what you would have done if you're never in that case, you're never in that scenario. Like, if you never have well, most, to put up anything to lose or anything that's going right. to affect you, you can always rationalize what the most ideal situation is because it's like it makes you look good. And you get a certain amount of dopamine and a certain amount of like, oh, I would do this. And you we call it romanticizing an idea. Right. So you romanticize my life or death situation. And this, you you said that you get, and if I were, because we do this, sometimes I work with friends that are in the business of doing this and, and um, we do scenario based activity with children and um, teenagers and civilians. And they say that they're going to do this and we put them through the scenario based activity and they fail and they fail miserably. And then you put me in that same scenario and I don't have any idea what you guys come with and I do fairly well or satisfactory. It's not because I'm a better person. It's because I'm trained to deal with a set of facts under stress. And most people are not. But they believe that they are. They're like, that's how you're yelling back at the TV. Girl, you need to run this way or you need to do this. And I can't believe she failed. And it's just like, yeah, okay. Listen, you can't even pick up a bag of trash and get to the trash can real quick. Throw it in there. Put the top down fast. You know, if I gave you 10 seconds, you'd be falling and do it. And that's a fairly simple thing. And it doesn't involve life or death. So I just think folks are funny. Not really. Folks are not. They're not like they're not just logical. They're not. Yeah, logical. that's true. And I, so. I think it. it's I'm I'm happy to see situations where maybe I, I, I get caught up where I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, I'm, maybe my stress level isn't is uh, lacking or I, I could use some practice and really just take on like something I, I was kind of journaling and jotting down trying to figure out like okay what what should I be doing during this quarter like I, I feel like I slacking kind of let myself go spending weekends just eating ice cream hanging out in bed it's like oh let me finish this little pint of ice cream let me go get, get another one and it's like <laughs> Ooh, it's it's kind of wearing a little bit. And I was like, okay, like maybe I, I don't need to cut it out one week and then binge the next day because it's like one or well, the other yeah. doesn't work. But if I'm going to eat it, let me at least start getting back up and do a little bit of exercise if it's like five push-ups or at least stretch. And I was like, I'll do it. And then if the alarm goes off, it's like, 
all right, just get up and do something because otherwise you're just sitting around. It's complaining about is it isn't going to fix it. And <laughs> I'm not going to get any better. Just looking in the mirror and being like, like, so two of my people, which are funny because they're both in the same movie fences, um, Denzel Washington and Viola Davis or mm-hmm. Viola Davis, Denzel Washington. They're two of my people. Like when I hear them speak, it, it resonates with me because I have the work ethic, I believe of both of them. And I have enough clarity at times like the both of them. So Viola did this book, like she just wrote a book about herself and her childhood and things. So I can't wait to listen to it because I don't really read because I'm on the move. I don't really like to sit around. Um, and she, you're a const, like she's won Oscar. She's won Tony's. She's, or she's been nominated for Oscar. I think she won one to Oscar, but she's been nominated more than a black female. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's won Tony's and she's been on these shows and she's, she had to, during the pandemic, figure out who, what she was going to do and who she was going to be. No And what I got from this, no matter how big your greatness or how small your greatness, you're constantly trying to figure out who you want to be and what you want to do and uh, like reinventing yourself. And, but the biggest thing is getting out of this and which I knew was going to happen. This is like this pandemic fog, a fog of thought, because you, didn't think because somebody told us that we didn't need to think we just needed to be safe and what is being safe like i didn't really get that because people are cop their cops are told like when we go out into the streets be safe then i started to hear from all kinds of people oh like be safe and i'm like so what are you doing are you like fighting off the germs with your hands in the streets like how are you actively being safe because as a police officer i'm actively being safe i'm like making decisions like um let's de-escalate let's get cover let's not drive into a situation let's park three blocks back let's you know uh order that person to the ground you know 10 feet away from you uh it's talking in a tone where you have empathy um those are the things that you could do to be safe and so then they start i feel like it was a comparable um, COVID people were being safe. And I'm just like, that's not really like a thing. And so then we got caught up in the fog of it all. And then people are going to have to re- reinvent themselves, which you would have to do anyway. But we lost, I think we lost time. We lost time trying to be safe. And the big people, when you look at the big people, the Elon Musk and the, even some of the news commentators and all the people that were telling us, they were still making millions. They were still coming to work. So we're listening to somebody who's still going to work every day about staying home and being safe. Yeah. Like that's the logical part that my brain will not accept. I don't care if my mama, I don't care if my daddy, I don't care if my best friend. Like you just don't understand. Like I know people out there making money and they're not sitting at home. And so if they can sit at home and make money, which is not most people's, most people have to get face to face. They have to get these business deals done. They have secret dinners and they're meeting because that's where the deals are done. The deals are not done through Zoom. We try to pretend like they are big money deals ain't done through Zoom because nobody's wasting like, let's do a $5 million deal on, you know, Zoom. (laughs) I think it's possible, but it's not plausible so people want to feel it and know that they're making the right decision like they want to do that two-pronged thing so quite interesting but i say don't feel bad that you you're not that you were feeling bad but um to the people who are listening don't feel the bad that they sold you a bill of goods and now you gotta get out of the fog of it all because in two years this will be a distant memory 
um, and we they'll make movies and people will be like, I can't believe I did that. And then I get to be like, I never was on that tip. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's funny when you mention it, because I'm, I'm thinking when I think back to where things were at the start of 2020 and then as the year progressed, it's like as things were going, I'm like, I can see how this goes both ways. But I for myself, I don't feel bad looking back because I know for like a, a good part of the year and even the start of last year, I was like, oh, I really, I really flush that time down the toilet. And, and then now I'm just looking at it as like, okay, yeah, the, the time went like you took the route that said, okay, just be comfortable. Because for me, being safe was just sit at home and just relax, not do anything. It's like you, you have like, you're, you're kind of given the okay to just, you don't really have to worry. Just sit over there and just don't, don't do anything. You don't have to want for anything. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to. And I, I guess sometimes it's like you can rationalize something out of your head and just be like, oh, well, I don't really want money. It's like, yeah, you might not want money, but when inflation's spiking up and your account is looking thinner than what you want to purchase, like you might want that money now. And now you, you might, you might not just be like, oh, I'm just going to like, kumbaya it's like yeah the hugs and that that's not that's not that's not gonna make ends meet right now so it's it's like i I will tell you you see the way that i am like i'm not i don't overspend but Mm -hmm. i I spend whatever oh that's the price it's the price like i'm not gonna quibble about 20 50 whatever i'm not gonna quibble about it yeah i make a decent amount of money in whatever i'm involved in but let me tell you inflation still hits the same. And so if I'm feeling this way, I can't even imagine those who are sitting by like, it's not that bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, can you like it? It is it, baffling me. I just I just thank God that I am in the position that I'm in. And but when I get out, because now I have to work harder, I have to work, do more to keep up with the lifestyle, which my lifestyle is not extravagant it's not like i'm out buying louis vuitton bags and renting things that don't belong to me and you know but i still have a fairly nice house a fairly nice car gas costs more money power costs more money you know the things that i you know i'm probably have to instead of taking a trip a month i might have to take a trip every three months which is like (laughs) it's crazy like i I'm like, I hope I don't go into the depression because I haven't been out of my house in three months. And people might say every quarter is great. And I'm like, no, I'm an every month guy, every month, twice a month sometimes. So inflation is not allowing that. Let me tell you, the plane tickets are not 350. <laughs> yeah. The plane tickets are 650. So it's like that can cut down on a trip or here. And then the hotel room is not, you know, 1500. The hotel room is 2300. It's like, this is not right. So I can't even imagine those folks that set themselves up with the expectation level to be. If you settle here for less than, then when it falls short, it won't be as great as you would like. And another um, female sergeant, Sergeant Geddes told me that when I was a kid, she was an officer. She was a Marine. She was from, um, she's from New Jersey. And she's like, she's like, I was like, we're doing good as an explorer. That's what I'm saying. And she's like, well, when you set yourself up and you settle for here, 
which she's doing like this medium to low level. Mm-hmm. When you fall, you're at the bottom. Instead of setting yourself and your bar high. So when you fall, you're in the middle. And we would have these debates all the time. And she would literally be ready to like kick me out of the program. But or I don't know what she'd be ready. She'd look really mad and I'd be really passionate and mad. But I, I have thanked her multiple times of like, set your cinders high. So when it does fall, your middle is quarterly trips, mm. you know, opposed to. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around quarterly trips. Like, this is not right. I'm doing all the right things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you heard it here first, possibly quarter, quarterly trips. Stephen Hollow. Peace. See how I, I say it low, so low. Don't hold me to it because if I find a way to take bi monthly trips, I'm doing it. <laughs> it's time to get my summer body back anyway. Summer, winter, the person that I'm supposed to be, because it was even making it hard to go to the gym. It's just it was just, California has been Y'all in Georgia have been living compared. And you're like, oh, we did this there. No, you didn't do it how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Georgia. I was like, is there a pandemic? It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like, uh, what was it? I think I was talking with Ronnie uh, not too long ago. And, and he was saying, like, he's just focusing on keeping his eyes on his own test paper. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I get that that same uh that same feeling huh new york ronnie yeah new york ronnie ronnie jacks Uh, my bad just name dropping (laughs) we've we've been in this we've been around each other for years and so some of the people that have that are going to listen to the podcast um there's probably about 100 people that we all know collaboratively um people you you name name drop for back of and they're like oh how do they know each other yeah (laughs) so he's trying to keep his eyes on his test paper yeah oh finish your thought no yeah i was saying he said that a a while back to me i think the last time we we recorded or talked and i've been looking more to that sentiment now and and just back to where you started talking about just being yourself and not feeling the need to try to fit in it's just like just focusing on being Asher and just doing what I like to do, what I, what I feel like doing, but also like the more I do that, the easier it is to do the work without needing to overthink it or rationalize in my head. It's like, well, do I do this for this reason? Or do I do that for that reason? It's like, no, like you have a place where you live. Like, obviously you want to stay living there or just maintain your living situation or, or improve on or it. you or you don't like or, i don't right. want to or you don't like it's okay to not want to live in a place but what's not okay is not to make strategic decisions about how long how you're no longer gonna live there like right right so i don't want to live in california but am i going to throw it all up in the air and just skirk off to uh skirt that's my aunt <laughs> You're going to just skirk off to uh, to Atlanta and then have nothing. That's not smart. You right. don't give up your your livelihood. You don't give up your and unless you're trying to go from some holistic thing and you want to live in a studio apartment and trying to, you know, 
have your small furniture that's to the low level to the ground and some green plants and try to figure out life as it comes. And sometimes that works for people. Like I'm sure like if you go through something like Will Smith is going through, I'm sure smaller, lower, like where you can really reflect on things um, is better, but I don't think I'm at that point. And, you know, once you're through it, you're like, well, I didn't really have to do it like that. I didn't have to give up. Yeah, the, you know all the equity in my house because I just quick sold it because I wanted to go now. Right. If you really want to go, bad, just take a trip. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like just take that that time to just get away a little bit because to your point, go it's, to the tiny home. Yeah, and make right some eggs. right <laughs> because it, it's the in the event that you you just make that rash decision to just just run out of there and not like take a minute to reflect or just take a drive or just be like, okay, let me really think about what it is I can do. I, I don't need to do like a hundred different things. Like, okay, on day one, I'm going to do this day two. I'm gonna, it's like, oh, no, it, just ask yourself simple questions about what it is that you want and be honest and about Rome it. Was, Rome was built overnight. So you should not break it down overnight. You should not be like, Okay, it's time to go. I'm not um for skunk. <laughs> so it's like because I, I made running, it. I was running, I was running. Right. And you know what? I looked up and I said, I'm done running. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when you get to retirement age. You know what? I looked up and I said, Today is my last day. <laughs> yeah. But I think well, you know, um, I think serious things have to happen in your life in order for you to really value what is important to you. And you need to remember that those serious things happen. Like I had two close friends die, not from COVID before COVID happened, like months before COVID happened and they died and they didn't die from like a, like the one died of cancer and one drowned. Mm -hmm. And so when I went into COVID, maybe that helped me along the way too. I knew that life is still short and it's still precious. So if I rack up in this house, build a fortress by the best um, YouTube and live stream and the best couch and all that, it soon too will pass. And then I'm going to have all this stuff. I got to pay for all these things. It's just like, and my whole family, they all lived here at the time. Um, I live by myself now, but we, we were on that tip. We were still, we had the kids, they were doing ABCs, they were learning, but like, we just turned it into like, we're going to do we're cooking or like going to the store. People are looking at it. Why don't you have a face? We were still living. Like we yeah. refused to, to, to trust the government enough to make the decisions with it. Because if you really look at it and I work for government entities, when has government ever made the right decisions in history when it came to national emergencies? There's no history to support that. Yeah. Syphilis, um, you know, the Japanese internment camps, you know, civil rights. They've never made the right. So why are we trusting them now? Right. That I guess for me, that that was kind of the, it was a, I don't know if you, it's a, I'll say it was an ironic thing because the first, for the first time I worked for a government quote unquote entity, which was FEMA. And it's like, you hear about like the big letter names, like the, I guess FEMA is a four letter entity, like uh, more of the defense and things like that. Those are like three letter things. But when you 
work anywhere or you get around any kind of organization, you kind of realize it's like, these are just people. <laughs> like they can be brilliant and they can be just as naive and just not know. And people kind so of go- They could be just as dumb right. as anyone. And because, they, but I, for me, I was just like, so you, the number, like there's people who I know that are like criminals that don't, care what police or I thought what government said and they were the number ones I'm like I thought you were the bad guy like I at <laughs> least thought the quote unquote bad guy would be with you and they're like you own some craziness you don't trust the science I'm like what right it's like some in that <laughs> you didn't murder someone in real life <laughs> right <laughs> it's like what what are we talking about here? Yeah, so. is, is so many things I could point to, to where I was just like, I know I went to school for some time and like you did like just basic math, statistics, like have a rough understanding of how you're supposed to explain things or calculate things. And I was like, one of these is not like the other. Like you're clearly oversimplifying something that's just, you, you, you just, you just can't do that. But just just seeing like the ripple effects of how people reacted to, to that and just seeing how people reacted to how they did the everyday, just doing their job where you think, OK, this is my first day on the job or first month on this thing. You've got somebody over here constantly going on and on about how great they are at something. But then the moment the situation kind of changes, this person's playing um, to just save their job, save their neck at a, at every single moment. And they're throwing every at, other person at, under the bus, sure. like at all yeah. moments. And I'm at, like, at oh. pure demise. right. I'm sitting here like, oh, but then, okay. but, but then you, for me, if I were you, mm -hmm. I respect the, I respect the perspective. Mm -hmm. Like I like knowing this right. instead of being disappointed in the beast, because the beast will always be the beast. Bureaucracy will always be bureaucracy. But moving forward 10 years from now, I'll look back and if anything like this ever happens again, you will always know that there's a guy trying to save his neck. Mm -hmm. And in order to save his neck, he has to say something that he doesn't believe in mm -hmm. um, to save it. Regardless of how many lives it actually affects, it will occur. Yeah. There's not enough goodness in the way that our fabric of our institutions are designed in America that people are going to do it for the goodness of, or the, uh, as we say in law, law enforcement, for the greater good. Yeah. Because people are not that, we're not that type of culture that does things for the greater good yeah. of people. And, but people have this false idea that people do things for the greater good. And I sit back and I'm like, they don't care. They can't. <laughs> like, they got a house note to pay for. Right. Like, they got, their house note is $6,000. <laughs> but, I guess they give three hundred thousand dollars a year. You think they're going to give it up for the greater good of people that they don't know? Right. They'll tell their friends, like, you know, I had to make this decision, so don't believe the hype. Then the friends, like, okay, and then absolves that person of any guilt. Right. So, very interesting. Yeah, I guess that kind of dipping a toe into the business space. It, it's um, I've got to say. Um, I've tried it or I'm trying it through podcasting and just trying to understand what it takes to 
build, maintain, and sustain something. It's like when when you have to put your own neck out there, you have to put your personal money into something and you're you're trying to lift it up. It's like I, I guess it, it's interesting just seeing the way different people go go about things. Maybe that that's like a really open-ended conversation, but I'm, I'm curious for you, like how how did you get into trucking and like what has it been like for you? Because for me, doing podcasting, for example, it's like okay, obviously you can record using Zoom, um, you can edit yourself or pay someone to do editing, you've got to decide, okay, are you going to have a website? What's that going to cost? Like the costs kind of line up. And then you see if you want something Man. to have a certain look, it's like, it's, it's not just like some to- people make it seem like, oh, you just snap, snap, snap your finger. It's like, no, that's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of work. It didn't just happen. So I used to, I used to sit in my office and I would try to figure out how to get capital, how to look up things, and I would like get on YouTube. And then, but when you need money, you can figure out where to get it. Like you, you think about your four hundred one k or your deferred comp, and then how to suck money out of that, how to take out loans. And so, moving forward, I'm definitely gonna be spending other people's money, mm-hmm. but that goes with I spend my own money first. And I was able to gain capital from my own personal like finances and how I live my life and people want to loan me money, right? Uh, it's been really difficult, really, really difficult. Um, every day is still a challenge, particularly now with gas prices. It's like my gas prices have doubled and almost I feel like they triple. Maybe I'm just making that up. But um, you see your profit margin just go like, shoom. and um, but I'm at, I'm at a point in my uh, trucking where I could keep going. I could stop. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to be okay with, you know, stopping. Uh, you have to grieve whatever you've been gone through. But I always wanted to be this person that came up with these perfect businesses and they're like super successful. And, and But most people, that doesn't happen your first go around. It doesn't happen your third go around. It might happen my, my fifth go around. But I have enough experiences and I can go to enough rooms and keep up with the people and know what they were talking about, that it's worth it all. And you can play it safe, but you won't learn as much. So I, I think that's what you're asking. Like, yeah, um, I mean, learning across the world, not having like, like putting all this money out there. Well, the right. more you put out, unless you just throw it to the street, um, the more you will learn because those are the levels that you get to the companies right. and contracts and the haggling about fuel prices. And then people not wanting to pay me my money. Um, and then people wanting to hold my truck and they're going to do this and this and, Man, my business cuss out game is cold blooded. <laughs> cold freaking blooded. I could go from like right here, right now, hey, how you doing? To like, you holding what? You holding my truck? Oh, okay. Well, get best believe if you don't have a payment process by the time this delivery happens, you're not getting a POD. You're not getting a proof of delivery. 
That freaks them out because they're like, well, my customer is going to need a proof of delivery to pay me. And so, and I don't know how long I'm going to hold that proof of delivery. I might hold it for two weeks. I don't know what I'm going to do unless you figure out a way for me to get paid. And I need to really know that it is truth that I will get paid within the next 48 hours. And they're like, oh, I don't have that kind of control. Well, you need to talk to those that do and call me back. And then I hang up in their face. The trucking game is cold blooded. Like, it's just like, it is raw. And so it's always easier to refine that. But the trucking game, you can cuss, you can, you can turn up. And so, (laughs) but you have to know when you have the power and when you don't have the power. Like when I don't have the power is when my truck is late. Yeah. Or I've had wood, a breakdown and then I'm holding a trailer and the trailer's full of stuff and then I'm waiting for a part to fix the truck. And then so I have nothing and I'm just trying to be nice as pie and then figuring out when to call. Hopefully it's on a Thursday and then I can hold it off to a Monday and then get the weekend day. And then I got to still communicate with the driver and keep them with their energy up. This is what you're going to do. I'll put you up in a hotel. So you learn to be so many things because I cannot be Stephen Hollowell, the guy that I want to be, which is a 10 mm-hmm. when I don't have the card. That's how business is. You like, you don't have the cards all the time. So you have to be kind and, you know, and do what you have to do. And and some relationships just get spoiled. Like they do. They just were no reason, no control over yourself. Like at a driver that said they were going to do a load and they didn't want to do the load. And then it's like, well, I can't. You know, you know, to pressure him so much. And then the broker was like, oh, I can't believe this. I understand. I'm going to put a note in your file. Okay. I mean, it's not the first truck that's never, it's not the first truck that hasn't picked up some material. So I've learned to not take things personally in at that aspect, but the trucking game is cold blooded. It's cold. It's not for the the faint heart. You could be on a vacation having fun. And then people are like, I want to quit. It's like, I think I was with you. Driver told me they want to quit. So, okay, well, you're going to, you're going to keep driving. You're going to put the equipment back. Yeah. Okay. Well then I'm at peace with it. Driver didn't even quit. (laughs) And you have to know, you have to know when the cards are even for that aspect. Like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I can only pay you this much. You're going to go to bigger, grander things. Then I have to let you go. Yeah. And so sometimes that's bluffing it. I mean, I think at the point I was, I was, I was okay with it. Um, Driver ended up staying and I'm okay with that too. It's just, I can't get emotionally caught up into, there's a work shortage of people that do not want to go to work. My driver is not one of those people, but mm-hmm. am I going to be able to replace this person? It's going to be fairly difficult. But again, there's grace and God and all of these things. And I'm in a position where if that were to happen, I believe that I could work it out. So that's business. Yeah. I think that's every business. You sell yeah. cars, you you own the car dealership. You, and because it, it, the, the, the problem matter becomes relative. Like I'm sure there's a couple of people that we know that they sold 20 cars, but they needed to sell 30 cars at their dealership to make their profit margin. Where you and I'd be like, oh, you sold 30, 20 cars. It's like, well, that's not where I make my money. I make my car, my money at car 35 and 36, 37, 38. Right. And when people see it, they see huge lot of brand new cars. Yeah. I don't see that, employees their head. Don't see all this stuff. So. Yeah, and I, I guess that that's the thing. That's that's like the the thing you don't really see because like coming into a job market or uh, I keep wanting to say from the outside looking in because initially whatever you 
get into the job market, you're working for somebody else. And usually there's that perspective to be like, okay, you can work for somebody that's just a jerk. Like they don't know how to treat people. They, they just not appreciative of anything. And then you have the, um, just the uncontrollable circumstances that come up, like things you just have to deal with out of the blue. And there isn't that safety net of, or you do have that safety net of here's a wage that you're being paid or here are benefits that come with this. But now when you go to create something for yourself, it's that you have the autonomy of this lives or dies by you or, um, but once you make it, whatever that is, or whatever that looks like, where you make more money than you're putting out, it's that you can kind of look up and smile, but people don't see the times that you just like, okay, take 7,524, something like that. Because it's like, sometimes it's that, um, can you manage what comes with this versus like, are you willing to just do something that's sold to you as ideal? And then when you kind of get in it, you're like, uh, am I big enough to say this isn't what I thought it was going to be and leave it alone? I, ha- I had a hollow inspired truck hat on yesterday and everyone, my, my coworkers were like, and my regular job, they were like, oh, that hat is spiff. I was like, I should wrap this thing in gold or rhinestones. It's the most expensive hat that I have. The hat is $15, mm-hmm. but the fact that it is an active business and still thrives and still has a tax ID number and still pays people and still pays its bills when things break down and all that kind of stuff. The hat is very expensive. That's a very expensive hat. Mm-hmm. If I had anything in the last month, that's all I have is the hat like when I look at the profit margins. And so people can't see that. They see the side of a truck and it says Halloween inspired trucking. And I take a picture of that and they're like, yeah. And they see a trailer and they're like, oh yeah. yeah. But they don't see that QuickBooks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I think when, when I'm thinking about it now, it's like sometimes maybe people celebrate or cheerlead because like to, everyone kind of goes through struggles in their own way and like when you see something that looks like a win maybe you just want to be like good job good job like even if you don't know what's going on with yeah, it it's like you, it just appears good. Good job. oh man don't get me started because i think we won't, i'm gonna have to go like in five minutes but don't get me started uh i hate those when i say hate if you tell me that don't be proud of me because i graduated high school that was my job don't be proud of me because I got to the airport on time. If I want to take off when the airplane takes off, I got to show up on time. Be proud of something tangible that you can put your finger on and say to your child, to your mentee, to your mentor of what you're proud of. I think we get caught up in the idea of being proud of something. I'm just so proud of them. They went to school every day. Okay. Like, what do they do differently than the next guy? Yeah. When people say that I'm, I'm proud. So things, I'm a proud of your tenacity. I'm a proud of your, um, you know, I was just talking to um, Didi. I was talking to uh, ET's wife, talked to her often. Um, and we were getting caught up on our quarterly call or by quarterly call. And then I was just like, I was telling her that I want to um, leave California. She said to me, Mm -hmm. and this is a woman who sees a lot of people 
people aspiring to be different things because that's the arena in which her husband lives. And so she lives in this arena and she's like, well, if anything, I know if you want to do it, you will get it done. That is, I am proud of you statement to me without stating what the intention of your statement is. And that feeds my soul. People saying I'm proud of you doesn't feed my soul. But if you say, hey, I know you, if you want to do it, you're going to get it done. I was like, wow, that speaks to me. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think that might be a good note to be like, bam. Unless <laughs> you have a couple follow-up questions. No, the on only that. follow-up no. question I've got for you is where can people connect with you, get in touch with you online or offline? <laughs> So um, people love the Insta. You do have to uh, friend request me now or request uh, my face. My Instagram page is now private due to some unfortunate set of circumstances. Uh, <laughs> people got crazy and I was public and now I'm private. So I'm Stephen Hollowell, the missing piece. Stephen, S-T-E-B-E-N, Hollowell, H-O-L-L-O-W-E-L-L, the missing piece on Instagram. You can also email me at Stephen at Hollowell, H-O-L-L-O-W-E-L-L, inspired, I-N-S-P-I-R-E-D, trucking.org. That's long. So just use IG. It's probably easier. <laughs> but those are the two places that you can get with me. Hopefully folks are inspired. Hopefully people get some energy um, and some synergy. And um, they can, um, I'm always available for a phone call. I don't charge you anything. Or I'm just, uh, I'm not that uber successful yet where my time is that limited. I feel like everybody can make time to do what we need to do for the, for the greater good. I like it. And See, I don't work at FEMA, but I still care about the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> One last question I, I'll ask you is this. Are you who you said you were? Am I who I said I am? Yes. Am I Stephen Hall? Yes. Are you still that person? Am I who I said I'm when from starting from when? From the start of the podcast. No. I've changed just a little bit. I don't remember exactly what. Oh, I think that while we were talking about business and things and starting new uh, levels, it's like I really need to get on the Stephen Hollowell brand. So outside of trucking, which is a Hollowell brand, but it's not a Stephen Hollowell brand. So we were doing these shorts, uh, even on the Belize trip of like who Stephen Hollowell is, what he says, what I mean. I like, I need to get on that because people, I think people want to see that. And so it's fun. And so I need to get with the person that we know uh, who does video and I need to figure out how to video myself. And I need to train myself on how to video so that I can put out maybe TikToks or small clips. So no. And just that quick, folks, I'm a little bit different than when I started. So I think that's exactly what you were looking for, but I didn't know. Yeah. So we're never the same. We're constantly changing. Awesome. Well said. But I'm still me. (laughs) But thank you for the time, Stephen. And we'll do it again. Thanks for having me. I'm gracious. and uh, um, I'm thankful. 